Our Father, we want to thank you tonight. We want to bless you that you have prepared a word for all of us. We are asking, sweet Lord, that you will take control over me, take control over my mind, take control over every part of me, mighty God, tonight. I also lift up my hearers, take control over all of us, mighty God, that, Lord, we will hear your word tonight. And as we hear your word, cause us to be blessed, Father, so that by the time we leave this call, Lord God, we will be refreshed, we will be feasted, and we will be full, even to the glory of your holy name. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. We pray with thanksgiving and all the saints shall say, Amen. Good people of God, the Lord has been extremely good to us. Last week was Pentecost 2020 and it was awesome for all of us. We need to be rejoicing and always rejoicing. Philippians 4 and verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. Tonight I really want us to start off in that mood, in that spirit of rejoicing. Because God has not finished with us yet. This is only the beginning. He is poured out His Spirit upon us. And He is ready to bless us. We should rejoice because He has not disappointed us. He has kept faith and kept His promises to us. He has poured out His Spirit upon us. He has made us a new nation. He has given us His power. Oh, He has given us His command to go out and make disciples of His kingdom everywhere to the uttermost parts of the world. Look at the power of free conference call. With this tool, we can reach anyone almost anywhere on this planet. Awesome, isn't it? Listen, let's take a read at Second Peter 1 and verse 3. There are some amazing words tonight and I want you to rejoice in your heart as you hear these words tonight. I read, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue according to according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue he has given us all things. He has given unto us all things that pertain unto life 
and godliness. Brethren, he has given us all things. All things. He has given us all things. All things that we need for this life in Christ has been provided. All things that we need for a godly life, it's provided. Let me take a moment to describe the life that he has called us to, for which he has given us such adequate provision. He says he has called us to glory and virtue. He has called us to glory and virtue. Now, if he has called us to glory and he has called us to virtue, what does it mean? According to my dictionary, glory means high renown or honor won by notable achievements. High renown or honor won by notable achievements. So it means that he has called us into a life of notable achievements. Notable achievements. Magnificence or great beauty. A thing that is beautiful, is impressive. He has called us to a beautiful life. He has called us to an impressive life. A life worthy of praise. A life that is a wonder. A life that is a beauty. A life that is a delight. He has called us to glory. You and I are called unto a life that can be described with all of these adjectives. You have been given power by the Holy Spirit to live a life worthy of praise. A life of notable achievements. A life that is impressive. Even a life that is a wonder. Isn't this beautiful? Amazing. He has also called us into a life of virtue. said, called us into a life of glory and virtue. Now, what is that? What is virtue? It's a life of high moral standards. A life of high ethical standards. A life of self-control. A life which is modest. It is a life in conformity with the standard of right as determined by God himself and made clear to us in his sacred word, the Bible. So he has called us to glory and he has called us to virtue. Brethren, our lives ought to be this beautiful, this adorable. He has given us all the provisions to be able to live such a life. I hear someone asking, where is it? Where is the provision? <laughs> it's right here. The provision is right here. Look at the scripture again. He says, we can live this life through the knowledge of Him. Through the knowledge of Him. That's how we live this life. Look at what the Holy Spirit, who has come upon us, will do 
for us and in us. I want you to turn your Bibles to John 16 and verse 13 and watch something there. John 16 and verse 13. It says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Amazing! This all speaks to the knowledge of him, the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus himself says of himself that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And the spirit of truth leads us to know him. The spirit of truth guides us to know all truth. So the Holy Spirit has power to change your life, my brother, my sister. It is the Holy Spirit's job to produce the Christ-like nature, that character in you. Only the Holy Spirit has the power to make the changes God wants to make in our lives. And this is why we welcomed him into our midst in Pentecost 2020. Philippians 2 and verse 13 says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Amen. God is working in you, giving you the desire. So the desire, the stimulation, the motivation is God inside you who is working to do this by the Holy Ghost. And he gives you also the power to do what pleases him. So you see why I want you to join me as I echo the words of Paul once again. Brethren, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. There is reason to rejoice because he has given us adequate provision. He has provided a way that we can get to know him. And as we get to know him, be ushered into a life of glory and a life of virtue. Listen, the knowledge of Christ is the highest form of knowledge that you must acquire in this life. There is no other kind of knowledge. You see, when we go to the university, we acquire knowledge. We go to you know, different institutions, we acquire knowledge, and so on and so forth. But tonight, I want you to understand that the knowledge of Christ is the highest form of knowledge. And you must acquire this knowledge at all costs. And you can only do so by the power of the Holy Ghost. He will lead you into the truth about our Lord Jesus Christ. This knowledge will make you a winner. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to make us winners. He hasn't left us in lack. No. 
He hasn't left us ill-equipped. No, no, no. Indeed, we have all things. All things that pertain unto life and all things that pertain unto godliness. He hasn't left us broke and hopeless. No. He has given us all things. This is why we need to be rejoicing and always rejoicing. Whenever you are broke, whenever you, 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 feel, you feel depressed about some situation, just remember these words and begin to rejoice because He has given you adequacy of provision. He has given you everything that you need. Let's look at the next verse in Second Peter. We looked at the verse 3. Let's look at verse number 4. 2 Peter 1 verse 4. Now listen to this very carefully. It says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Say after me, exceeding great and precious promises. Oh, again, exceeding great and precious promises. Isn't that awesome? Awesome. Promises which are exceeding great. Promises that are very great. That exceed great. And that are precious. They are expensive. They are valuable. They are invaluable promises. This is the kind of promises that the Lord has given to us. And he says that by these promises, because of these promises, or through these promises, we might be partakers of the divine nature of God. Amazing. So, in actual fact, the Holy Ghost has come upon us and equipped us. And as we get to know our Lord Jesus Christ, we get to know Him, we live in glory and we live in virtue. And as we, we take on these promises, uh, these promises that are given to us, we actually become partakers of the divine nature. In other words, these promises may make us become characterized by the divine nature of God. Amazing! Remember that in the beginning we were made in the image of God. At the fall of Adam, we lost somewhat this image of God. But by the Holy Ghost, and by the death of our Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross, which allows the Holy Ghost to come, we have this situation here, where we may become characterized by the divine nature of God. It means we will put on the character of God himself. We become like God in the earth. Amazing, amazing. Humanity can and humanity may put on the character of God, the very nature of God. Amazing. Think about it. It's truly, truly awesome, isn't it? That humanity can put on the nature of God. We can become like God. 
we can put on the character of God. But you see, it is through these exceeding great and precious promises. That is how it's through these promises that we might become partakers. And I want you to look at those words very, very, very carefully. So exactly how do these great and precious promises make us partakers of the divine nature? How does that happen? It is our exercise of faith, belief in these promises that energizes them by the power of the Holy Ghost to produce manifestation in our lives. I will ask the question again and I will give the answer again. Please take note. How do these great and precious promises make us put on the character of God? How does that work? How does that come about? And I'm saying the answer is this, that it is our exercise of faith. We need to exercise faith and we need to exercise belief in the promises, the precious, exceeding great promises. We need to believe in them. Now, as we do that, there is an energizing effect and the power of the Holy Ghost then produces manifestation in our lives. Notice that the Holy Spirit uses might. He didn't say will. Look at the scripture again. He says that ye might be partakers. He didn't say ye will. He said ye might. Which means that it is not a given that all will know and appropriate these promises. No, it's not a given. It is only those who know these promises and who get to appropriate these promises who are led to put on the character of God, the very nature of God. So some will, but some will not. Isn't that sad? That there is so much provision, adequate provision for all of humanity, and yet some will and some will not because you say it's might it's not compulsory my question to you tonight is will you take time to find these precious promises will you search for these precious promises in the word of God will you take the time will you take the trouble to find them because they are, they are supposed to be exceeding great and precious promises Will you find them? How many of them do you know already? And are you willing to take time to find them? And then, not only find them, but begin to appropriate them in your life. Begin to use them in your life. Begin to trust in them. Begin to believe in them. Begin to walk in them. Brethren, if you did, I can assure you of one thing you will certainly be on your way to becoming a partaker of the divine nature. You will begin to put on the very character of God. Awesome, 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 awesome. 
Let me close tonight with a couple of these exceeding great and precious promises. I just take two of them. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 28. And we will look at three verses there. They are beautiful verses. But there is an amazing promise. It's something that I love so much. It's always on my heart. I always trust in it somehow. Let's read. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given to, unto me in heaven and in earth. This is Jesus speaking. He's saying that at this point in time, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Verse 19 says, Go ye therefore, go ye therefore, because all power has been given to me in heaven and in earth, I command you to go therefore and teach all nations, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then the verse number 20, that's where the promise is, is teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And once you do all these things, look at what follows. And he says, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Isn't that a powerful promise? That Jesus says that once we are doing all of the above, 18 and 19 he is always with us even unto the end of the world so whether there is COVID-19 or there is no COVID-19 what Jesus is saying is that he is always with us he, I am with you always he is always with us and he is with us unto the end of the world he is not abandoning us isn't that amazing that the Holy Spirit is not about abandoning us, that He is with us, but He is commanding us to go out there to preach the word, to teach all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And He will always be with us. He will always be with us means also that He will demonstrate His power. He will show us favor. He will show us grace. His provision will come. He is with you, so He will provide for you. He will make sure that you are protected. He will make sure that nothing harms you. All of that is encapsulated in this word. Amazing, precious promise, isn't it? And then the next one that I'd like to share with you is from Nahum 1 and verse 7. Nahum 1 and verse 7. And it says, The Lord is good. Oh, say the Lord is good wherever you are. Let me hear you say it. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. And he is a stronghold. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. It means that he's like a hiding place in the day of trouble. When there's trouble, when there's calamity, when there's chaos. This is a stronghold, it's a, it's a hiding place, a secured place in the day of trouble. And you can go there and you can hide. And look at what he asks. He says, and he knoweth them that trust in him. 
How amazing, isn't it? The Lord knows them that trust in Him. The Lord knows them who believe in Him. The Lord knows you, you on the call tonight, you who have believed Him, you who have walked after Him. That is why you are on this call. It's because you believe in Him. It's because you trust Him. And look at what the Lord is saying. He's saying that He knows you. He knows you. And look at the conjunction. You see, the first part is connected to the second part. And so it means what he's saying is that because he knows you, the Lord is good unto you. Because he knows those who trust him, he is a, a, a stronghold in the day of trouble. May the Lord be a stronghold for you in this day of trouble. May the Lord be a good God unto you in the day of challenge. May the Lord show you his mercy and his favor, for he knoweth you. The Lord has etched you in his palms. When he looks into his palms, he sees you. He knows the number of hair on your head. This is the Lord, and this is his promise to you. It is this great promises that when you believe in, it becomes energized, and you can begin to take on the very character and the very nature of God. So you see why, my brothers and sisters, why tonight I started off with Philippians 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, you are amazing in this place tonight. We thank you so so much mighty God for your word that stimulates us that causes us to become excited in you father we are praying Lord you have given us all the provision all that we need to live a, 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 a life of glory and a life of virtue to live an impressive life father you have given us all that we need to live a noteworthy life, a life that people will look at and, and, and begin to, to marvel at how did this person do this? How did this person achieve? Lord, you have given us all that we need to do this. And you have also given us a life, uh, uh, the, the power to, to live a life of virtue. Lord, living according to the standard your own standard of right, not someone's standard of right somewhere, not some Supreme Court standard of right, but according to your standard of right. And your standard of right is always higher than any other right form. Father, I thank you for all of this provision. Father, we are praying that, Lord, you will continue with us, mighty God, that you will lead us, mighty God, that you will direct our lives, mighty God. Father, that your blessing will continually be upon us, mighty God. We want to thank you, Lord. We want to bless you, for we have prayed all of this in the matchless name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, with thanksgiving. And all the saints shall say a resounding Amen.